And good evening. Welcome to Lighthouse Christmas Eve service. Good to see you all. And if you got your Bibles, we're looking at Matthew 1, 18 to 23. Matthew 1, 18 to 23. And it's, of course, about the Christmas story. As we come to this year, I think it's just wonderful. I think we've been through two years of pandemic, and now we're getting together again, and uh, things are changing radically. But I think the thing that we need to look forward to tonight is the whole aspect that the Christmas story actually brings us hope. And there's anything we need today is it's definitely hope. As we look at our world situation with inflation going higher and higher, as we see the mortgage rates jumping up and up, and if you get a variable rate, I'm sorry for you. Uh, if you're a Detroit Lion fan, I even feel more sorry. They let us up to let us down. Uh, and the, you look at what's happening in Ukraine with people that are going through great oppression and a war that they didn't really want. And they, we see the needs all around us, and we think what we really need today in our world is hope. We read that in Matthew 1, 18 to 25, follow as I read. It said, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and not willing to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, the names of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from the sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son and called his name Jesus. And that story is what brings the world hope. Let's just bow our heads in a word of prayer. Father, thank you for your word to our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for the songs we've been able to sing already. Lord, just worship you and acclaim you with all the praise and glory that belongs to you, Father. And thank you for this wonderful plan, Lord, you had to send your son as a baby in a manger to bring hope and to redeem mankind from sin. I pray for your blessing on your word to our hearts, and I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Now, the word that Matthew uses in this text is actually the word, same word as Genesis, as in Genesis 1.1. The facts, three facts are presented here in this passage. One, Mary, uh, Jesus' mother, was betrothed to Joseph. Mary was pregnant before she was united with Joseph. And thirdly, she was pregnant before she united with Joseph. And she was also pregnant, I just repeated that one. She was pregnant through the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. The betrothal was a legal binding agreement in that day, and not, it's not in akin in any way to our engagement process we have today. It carried the same accountability as marriage. And Deuteronomy 22, uh, in a sense, also brings out that any infidelity during the betrothal period was uh, subject to death by stoning. Uh, Matthew's concern as he's writing this gospel to us is to protect the fidelity and virtue of Mary, but also the uniqueness of Christ's birth because it's unique from any other birth that's ever taken place here on earth. The third aspect is that the pregnancy of Mary was by the Holy Spirit. He really wanted to drive that one home. Luke states that Mary asked the question, how can this be? How can I be pregnant since I'm a virgin? In Luke 1, verse 34. But notice the angel's response. He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you 
And the power of the Most High will overshadow you in Luke 1.35. This reminds us of the creation of the world in Genesis 1. God's presence overshadowing the tabernacle with the cloud in Exodus 40, verse 35. And the scene of the transfiguration in Luke 9.34. What God does through the Holy Spirit is very different from the laws of nature and of man. It's miraculous. And sometimes somebody says, well, don't we need a miracle today? Yes, but the greatest miracle was the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. We see the next verse, and her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. He's referred to as a righteous, a just man. It speaks to his character. The idea here that he's a man that is devoted to to be God's man in every situation, in every circumstance. The same term is used to derive, describe Zechariah and Elizabeth in these passages of Scripture. Joseph here faces a dilemma. He finds out that Mary's pregnant, and he knows he's not the father. And so Luke tells us that Mary spent three months with Elizabeth after finding out she was pregnant and after receiving the message from the angel. Apparently, Joseph had no explanation for Mary as to what had happened, or maybe he didn't accept her story, we just don't know. But Joseph, we see in Scripture, was contemplating how to get out of this arrangement. As a man devoted to God's standards, he knew he would have to put her away, and according to Deuteronomy 22, 23, she should actually be stoned to death because of immorality in her life. But apparently, in that day and that era, it wasn't always happening at that point. He realizes that to take Mary as his wife would implicate him as being violating the laws of betrothal and certainly damage his reputation by taking a woman who was pregnant as his wife. He seems to be a man who was sensitive to the situation because he was not wanting to disgrace her, the scripture says. Joseph's attitude reflected a person who, though he was committed to the law of God, he felt a sense of compassion and concern for Mary in this story. <clears throat> we see in verse 20, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. What's noticeable here in this story is that God allowed him to struggle with this dilemma for a while before he intervened. Did you get that? God allowed him to struggle with that situation. Why does God do that? Why does he allow us to struggle in those situations? Sometimes it can deepen our faith. It can deepen our walk. And yet, sometimes even the greatest human reasoning can fall short of God's plan in the situation. Angel appears to Joseph to explain what was apparently the betrayal of Mary to Joseph, because that's how he felt. He felt he was betrayed. The expression, son of David, when it's talking to Joseph, is used to emphasize the right of Jesus to the Davidic throne in this situation. Joseph told not to fear in taking Mary as your wife. Sometimes we gloss over all these facts. And what a nice, cute little story without realizing the impact it had in their lives. Sometimes we minimize the, minimize the impact of what it's really all about. But the text miraculously states that Joseph is told not to fear in taking Mary as his wife. The text miraculously states, Mary, your wife. It does emphasize the permanency of betrothal, because when they were betrothed, you were considered married. 
and the nearness and sureness of God's plan. Joseph's fear would have been on would have been in the sense of public disgrace he would have faced that would result from a union that ignored the infidelity of the woman or that Mary would be an untrustworthy wife. Would this be an issue? Yes. Because you look later on in the Gospels when the Pharisees are talking to Jesus, we weren't born of illegitimacy, they challenged Jesus. This did come up. But the angel clearly stated to Joseph that the conception of Mary was of the Holy Spirit's doing. And sometimes when we follow God and what He wants in our lives, there's deadistic challenges. Joseph, said, Joseph should have no fear as a result of taking Mary's wife into his home, the Lord said. And then he says these words in verse 21, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The significance of a name, the name of Jesus. The angel goes on to share with Joseph that Mary was going to have a son, and you, you need to name him Jesus. That's significant. And that naming of the child was given to both Joseph and Mary, because he wanted people to know who this child was. And what was the significance of that name? He was born to save. Never forget that. For he will save his people from their sins. The greatest need today in our world is not a new government. It's not financial security. It's not putting an end to all wars. The greatest need today in our world today is still salvation from sin. Because the greatest problem in the world today, and we look at all the problems, they have one root, and it's all called sin. And sin is what has destroyed our relationship with God and with one another. This name was assigned because his ministry was, I need to save people from their sin. That's the whole focus. We read in verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which of course means God with us. The events that we're now transpiring were a fulfillment of biblical prophecy. God prophesied this over 800 years ago in the book of Isaiah 7, 13 and 14. He said to them, Isaiah, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary men that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. God has always had a plan. No matter how bad it looks, God has a plan. And his plan for you and I is to have salvation through Jesus Christ. That's why he sent him. And when Joseph woke from his sleep, it says, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. And he says he took his wife. We see here the godly character of Joseph. He obeyed the commands of the angel. In verse 25, he said, but he knew her not, and she should give birth to a son, and called his name Jesus. So in a sense, Joseph was celibate till after Jesus was born. Jesus was born to say. And what we should be celebrating is that because of God's great love for us, Jesus came to save us from our sins and the penalty of death. That's what Christmas is all about. Don't forget that. We've done literally nothing to merit God's grace and His favor, but God says, I want to bring hope to the world. I'm sending my Son to save you from your sin so you can have eternal life with Jesus Christ forever. You need to be saved. You need to put your trust in what He's doing for you.
But we turn to the verse that's so familiar to many of us, John 3.16. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. Have you put your faith in Christ and asked Him to save you from your sin? That was God's purpose in sending Him into the world. That's what Christmas is really all about. The world has kind of twisted the meaning of Christmas, to be honest with you. It's all about gifts, lights, candles. Nothing wrong with that, but that's not the reason for Christmas. Jesus is the reason for the season, right? We've heard that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. We thank you for the Christmas story. But Lord, we thank you for the fact that in that little town of Bethlehem, Lord, there was a hope that was raised. And that hope was that all men would place their faith in the Messiah, Jesus himself, who would redeem man from sin. And my friend, if you're here tonight and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you've never asked him to save you, then I ask you to call upon him and ask him to save you from your sin and come into your life as your Lord and as your Savior. If you're not sure about that, you don't know about that, talk to me afterwards. I'd love to show you how you can receive the greatest gift of all, the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He will transform your life. He'll give you peace. He'll give you strength. He also work on shaping you and molding you to the very image of Christ. Would you commit your life to Him? For those who have committed your life to Christ, take time even tonight to just say, thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you for what you've done in my life, and thank you for what you're continuing to do. And Lord, we just want to give you praise and honor and glory for the greatest message that could ever reach this world. God came and resided with us to redeem us from sin, from degradation, from hell itself. If we only would put our faith and trust in his finished work. Thank you, Father. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen.